Hi, welcome to episode 544 of the Fantastic Forecast, the world's scariest podcast. <laughs> I'm Dave Elliott, and tonight I'm podcasting to you from beyond the grave. Oh wait, that means I'm dead. That kind of sucks. In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue one and going all the way to issue 645. And today it's Fantastic Four 544 from May 2007. Reconstruction Chapter 1 from the Ridiculous to the Sublime by Dwayne McDuffie and the new regular penciler Paul Pelletier 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 I will pronounce this 500 different ways When I said this podcast would be scary, I was not bullshitting you. And our tale of terror and fear begins in the cold and lonely reaches of deep space where no one can hear you scream or fart, which would come in handy. A disembodied voice states that he or she has obtained the chrysalis Balancing the forces within a naked event horizon, which strains even his or her power. And with the subtlest of manipulations, he or she forces the being within to mature to its ultimate form. But then, this person or non-person stops as something or someone is approaching. We see that person approaching and it's a blue, glimmering, six-eyed creature from another world this creature can detect the presence of another being there in space one of even greater power and the ability to deceive the senses of the creepy blue creature he seems to be searching for whoever or whatever this cosmic being is and back on earth in the scariest most dangerous place on earth the Baxter building Reed and Sue have announced that they've decided to take some time off to travel the world eating on the flesh of young children and working on their marriage okay mostly working on their marriage Ben is quite surprised it must come as quite a shock to him to find out that he's now on a team with Black Panther and Storm the Fantastic Four has gone from one of the whitest superhero teams ever to one of the most non-white superhero teams ever. It's one white guy and three people of color, two black, one orange. Black Panther mentions that during the so-called Civil War, the Wakandan Embassy in New York was destroyed, and Storm mentions that she doesn't care for that Thor clone that Reed created. You know, the one that kills black superheroes? Reed apologizes. And Storm's like, okay. 
When they were clearing up the rubble of the Wakandan embassy, they found deadly bombs. And no, not copies of various Fantastic Four movies, but actual bombs. During a flashback, as T'Challa and Reed are finding these bombs, Tony Stark, in his new S.H.I.E.L.D. uniform, comes in and says that he will help them find out who planted those bombs. It's kind of like O.J. saying that he was going to go track down the real killers. T'Challa warns Tony that if he finds out that the U.S. government or S.H.I.E.L.D. had anything to do with those bombs, there will be dire consequences. Tony asks for a moment alone with Reed. To eat his brains! Or pick his brains. Probably just to pick his brains, ask some questions. Tony says they haven't talked in a while and ask if, if they're okay. Reed says that he and Sue are going away for a while to work on their marriage. Tony asks one favor of Reed to try to talk to Black Panther to get out of the way and go back to Wakanda. Reed reminds Tony that the Black Panther just put a transmitter on Tony and he's eavesdropping on every word they say. Back in the present, the Panther is telling everyone that he doesn't think that Tony is responsible for those bombs. Sue says someone is trying to kill them and they need a secure place to stay. If only the Fantastic Four had a secure place for them to stay, that would be good. So later, the Black Panther and the rest of the FF are giving a press conference to a bunch of flesh-eating zombies and reporters, mostly reporters, and he's telling them that for now, the, the Baxter Building will serve as the Wakandan Embassy. A reporter asks a good question. Doesn't Black Panther have a country to run? Why is he spending so much time in the United States? He gives some bullshit answer about working with the United Nations and uh, dealing with the destabilized balance of power caused by the U.S. government and the Registration Act, blah blah blah. Yeah, really. He just wants to be the leader of the Fantastic Four. Because it ain't like the Avengers are ever going to make him their leader. Reed and Sue have to explain that they've had some difficult times in their marriage and they're going on a second honeymoon. Storm, not Johnny Storm, just Storm, or Aurora, a name I've never been able to pronounce, so I'll call her Storm, say that she and the Panther aren't really members of the team, they're just staying at the Baxter building and helping out when needed. So they're basically members, only they're not getting a big fat check from the Fantastic Four Incorporated every month. Later, watching this back on television, Johnny Storm tells Storm that she was good at the press conference. She says a queen has to choose her words carefully. This is true. Just ask Queen Elizabeth or Queen um, Latifah. Those are the only two queens I can think of. In another part of the headquarters, the movers are fi filling up the place with tons and tons of boxes. Who knew Black Panther is a hoarder of dead bodies? Okay, I don't know what's in those boxes, but he's got a ton of shit. He asks Ben if Reed and Sue have left yet, and he tells them that they're at the hotel on Titan. Panther says he's never heard of the Hotel Titan. Ben corrects him that the name of the hotel isn't, isn't Titan. The hotel is on Titan, a moon of Saturn. How is there a hotel on Titan? Do they get a lot of tourists? Conventions? Prostitutes turning tricks? What's going on up there? One of the Panther's assistants runs into the room saying that someone is there to see him. It's, it's Deathlock. When Ben and T'Challa go see Deathlock, he's back into his human self again. No longer Deathlock. They do run a check on his DNA, and he really is, or was, Deathlock. T'Challa says, 
looking at these scans. Are you aware that your body... Deathlock interrupts him. Yes. Can't deal with that now. He gets to the point of why he's there. So later, Deathlock and the FF are standing in a park, looking down into a hole in the ground. A hole filled with the rotting corpses of 500 dead puppies! Or something else. Probably something else. Actually, there's nothing in the hole. It had been the grave of a superhero called Gravity, who died saving the panther, Medusa, Hank Pym, and the wasp from the stranger. It was a big case. Even the Watcher was involved, Black Panther says. But now Gravity's body is missing, and the Black Panther is scanning the area. He detects something that matches a Resner Nordstrom metrics. Ben says, It's a shame the Watcher isn't here now. We could just ask him what happened. Storm replies, Why don't we? The Panther thinks this is a good idea. So they hop in the rocket, and within minutes, they're on the moon, heading toward the Watcher's house. Now the Watcher... I don't think he's too fond of visitors, and he's not very chatty, and I'm curious to see if he's welcoming or not, or maybe he might greet them with an axe. So they arrive at the house, go inside, find the Watcher, I think he knew they were coming, he says, well, he says nothing. Talking ain't really his thing. So the panther has an idea. Storm flies over, and she finds a giant axe in which to sever his gigantic head. No, not really. It's worse. She finds the ultimate nullifier. The Watcher thinks the Panther's bluffing. He ain't gonna use the ultimate nullifier. He points out that the ultimate nullifier will kill the user and the whole damn universe. He tells the Panther to think about his kids. What about the children? Storm is like, our children? You don't think I came to your wedding just for the shrimp cocktail, did you? The Watcher says. Might be the funniest thing he's ever said. Look, we just came to get some info, Ben says. The Watcher says he can't interfere, but he has no problem sharing info. The Watcher opens his mind, calling it the Cyclopedia Universum. Man, you know you have a big ego when you give a nickname to the information in your head. I think I would call my mind the Encyclopedia Useless Informationica. So now, Ben knows what happened to that dead kid's body, and they're back on the rocket, and they're off to space again. Soon, they find themselves in orbit over a gigantic disembodied head. Actually, it's not disembodied. The head is just a planet. It's called Epoch, the living planet. Kind of a female version of Ego, the living planet. They might be related, I'm not sure. They ask for the dead guy's body, she, t she tells the FF to get lost, and says they might ruin her plans, which are years in the making. Panther tells Ben to land the ship on the planet, but Epoch shoots her eye beams, her eye lasers at the ship, tossing the ship around but not destroying it. Epoch warns, warns the crew to leave. They could have been followed. She's being tracked. The person she fears will find her. She's not ready for such a confrontation. Ben wonders what she's talking about. But then a voice says, I would offer an alternative theory. She was rightfully fearful that I would find her. And we turn the page, and that mysterious voice belongs to the Silver Surfer. Okay, maybe that's not that scary. 
And that is the end of another frightful issue of the Fantastic Four. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com if you dare. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott at podcastff, or download other episodes at iTunes, or find them all at www.podcast.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. Happy Halloween. <laughs>